You're listening to Castle Rock First United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Castle Rock FUMC, you can go online at fumccr.org. Thank you and have a good So day. we're in our third week of talking about uh, radical hospitality and in ways that we can uh, work towards being uh, more welcoming and, in, and inclusive and all those fun things that we should be as a church. And, and as I thought about this, I thought about this week's scripture, this, this story kind of came up uh, in my head. Uh, several years ago when I was an associate pastor in Norman, uh, Oklahoma, at McFarland Memorial United Methodist Church. And if you've ever been to the University of Oklahoma, uh, you've seen that church. It's this big, beautiful, gray uh, building that actually was just recognized as a United Methodist uh, historical congregation uh, last week. But it's this big congregation, um, very affluent, and uh I was the, one of my jobs, I had three hats, and one of the hats that I wore was uh, I oversaw ministries that worked with people who needed homes or uh, or without or, you know, just whatever. Um, and one of the things that I loved about this is that I got to do a lot of fun and exciting things. And uh, close to Christmas time, and, and I was, I had this really bright idea that we should do a, sur- a Christmas Eve service in the food and shelter, which was the shelter that we were working with and one of our big partners that we worked with as a church, and we had a really strong relationship with them. And so um, I got the bright idea to do this, and I, and I, I walked into the senior pastor's office, and, and I have to admit, when, when you're the associate pastor, and, and I was so low on the totem pole of associate pastors that, like, me going in and asking a big ask was kind of a big thing and scary all at the same time. I, I kind of, in my head, if I were to play it out as a cartoon, it would look like walking down to the Wizard of Oz to ask the wizard uh, uh, great advice. That's not really how it was, and, and Linda and I had an amazing relationship. But I remember sitting in the senior pastor's office, and I said, Linda, I got an idea. What if we did a Christmas Eve service at Food and Shelter? She loved the idea. I said, okay, so let me take it one step further. Because I'm one of those people that when I have a big idea, it's a big idea. And there's always going to be multiple steps to it. And however many times you say yes is how big the idea will grow. And so I, I, I said, okay, so what if we put together backpacks to give to the families and everybody there? And what if in these backpacks we have some basic items like uh, toiletries, shoe, uh, socks, uh, uh, some gift cards, and, and, and stuff like that? And, and she agreed, and, and we even, um, she said, well, how are you going to pay for this? Because, you know, that's like the big question in the church when you do something. How are you going to pay for this? And knowing the heart of the congregation, I said, give me one Sunday, and I guarantee we'll have it paid for. Uh, and, and sure enough, within one Sunday, we had it paid for. So here we are trying to do this big thing. And, 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 and it's really radical to think that uh, instead of a church saying, here's this big, fancy facility with six different Christmas Eve services, we're actually going to take it out into the, the, the shelter. Christmas Eve came up, and uh, one of the cool things was is that we Bob Stoops got involved with it and helped us out in other ways and got his coaches to help, and we had all these Walmart gift cards to hand out. It was amazing. Like, it was just a great thing. It was fun putting together the, the, the bags, and, like, I just remember being really excited. I, we had six services. I was in five of them. The only one I really was excited for was this one. I even had to preach the little kids' service the, with the families and everything. And, and, and that was really intimidating, but nothing like going into the, 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 to the shelter. And I'll never forget that Christmas Eve service. It was a beautiful moment. We had, we had about seven or eight people helping us, and um, uh, we had people designed and, and situated in particular places for particular things. And, and I was told that I couldn't go without security, which 
was fine. And, and I asked a retired Marine and a retired or a AWACS pilot to come with us. And um, we had a couple other people who were connected to the sheriff's department with us and had this amazing worship experience. You wouldn't have known that those guys did what they did just because of their hearts and where they were. So Christmas service rolls around, did the uh, children's service and, you know, we had a great time. It was, that was just a fun little service to do. It was kind of like spontaneous Christmas, but uh, on steroids, where we told the story of, of Jesus' birth. But we got to the shelter, and we fed, we, we had a meal, and then we had worship. And, and I'll never forget, we were in this round, so we had everybody in a round. So everybody was, it was a complete circle. So you had to preach like this, because everybody was around you. And it was only about 25 or, or so people, and sitting in there, and uh, preaching, and, and, and just knew that this was going to be one of those special days. Just knew, just could feel it. And one of the persons that had come in to the to food and shelter, he was one of the regulars. I, I kind of knew him a little bit uh, through my time working there. And um, he came in, and you could just smell uh, whatever it was on his breath. Oh, it was probably more than liquor, in all honesty. But I forget, when it came time for the sermon, I was preaching, and I was standing there, and, and all of a sudden, I was turned like this, talking to, this, to these people over here, and I turned, and there was this man standing about as close as my stand and I. And I had an older brother, and so I always knew that as an older brother, it, when the older brother had a look in his eye, I knew I was going to get decked. And, and, and that man had the same look in his eye. So I knew there was two possibilities here. I could either show him what God's love looks like, or I could really engage him, and then thus leading into a downward spiral of other things. But I knew that my job was to share God's love. So I continued to preach. He stood right here, and I continued to preach. There were people around. It was really easy. And then I got to the point in my sermon where I just stopped what I was doing and just looked him right in the eye. And I said, man, I just want you to know this, that God loves you. I need you to hear that. And in the moment that that, that, that was said, the retired Marine was on magically appeared on one side. The ex pilot appeared on the other side. They arm-hooked him. They ushered him out. Uh, the the deputy that was with us also had called the police or had called for backup. We had flashing lights outside of the, the building. And I'll never forget the Christmas Eve, I got somebody arrested. <laughs> but we did that to help him. We knew he had a problem. We knew that we couldn't fix him. We knew we didn't help him. We could give him that wasn't going to help the need that he really had. But being able to usher him out and having him being put it off was probably one of the best things for him. I don't know what happened afterwards. But I'll never forget walking in uh, in between services at our staff Christmas dinner and sitting there just with this big ground. It was an amazing experience. I had this big grin, felt really good. I was really big. I said, no, 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 it's this great thing. And like, here's what happened. Told her the story and, and, and she was okay. And uh, after that moment, I was always, I always had to have either my cell phone or our panic watch on me because I knew she just knew that I was going to get into more trouble. But, you know, as I, I, I share that story as an act of radical hospitality, because one, if the church wouldn't have seen the vision of going into the to uh, food and shelter, we would have never have had that experience. Not just me, but everybody that was there to help us. It was really good for some of those people that, that I brought along with me that I said, hey, you're going to have a different experience on Christmas Eve if you want to come with me. We had about seven or eight people with us. I think six or seven or eight. It's hard to remember. But 
you know, I, I, I know that like, even in that experience of giving the people the backpacks and all that thing, like it, it was just one of those acts of hospitality that we did because we recognized the need and we knew what we need to be doing, what we should be doing. And, and, and we did exactly what the church should be doing, not being so stuck in the walls of the church, but going out to where the need is. One of the best Christmas Eves I've ever experienced. It was because we were willing to pay attention to those that needed help. And it wasn't that those other services weren't, uh, they were all amazing. But that one has always stuck in the back of my head that it's our job to share that radical hospitality, that unconditional love, without precursor, without, you know, any kind of judgment. But it's our job to, to pay attention And Simon Wheel wrote that attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. And if we want to make a difference as a church, we have to be hospitable, but it's not just being hospitable in here. Because even if you remember last week, I granted you authority to be a greeter whether you wanted to or not. Because just by the very nature of coming in, that's what you're called to do. You're called to, to get to know your neighbor and to greet one another because that's the challenge that, that we face. But it's not just in here. It's something we do out there. The moment that you leave this, this church, you are an ambassador of Christ throughout the world. And how we treat people, how we care for one another really matters. So much so that when Jesus uh, was telling the story, he, he, he shared this really interesting story, and I'm going to share it with you right now. It's Matthew 25, 31 through 40. Listen to these words. I lost my place. Oh, sorry, it's 35 through 40. I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then those who are righteous will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcomed you, or naked, or gave you clothes to wear? When did we see you sick or in prison to visit you? Then the king will reply to them, I assure you that when you have done it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. This is the scripture of faith for the people of faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. So I ask you this question, just how far would you go to help a stranger? What are your boundaries? There are, and I'm not going to lie, there, like, in this day and age, we do have to have healthy boundaries. Like, you do have to say, all right, I'm willing to do this, but I'm not willing to do that because of who I am or where I'm at or what's going on in my life. Or Like, that's okay. <laughs> but, but we have to know what are we willing to do for a, a stranger? Or, or what if we saw someone on the side of the road? What are we willing to do for them? Uh, what are we willing to, to do for those that may look like they're hungry or, or, or you know, whatever? Like, what are your boundaries? Have you ever thought of that? Like, have you ever thought about what are you willing to do or what are you not willing to do? Like, I do have some. There are some things I'm not willing to do. Some places I'm not willing to go because I'm not there yet or I don't feel like it's safe for me (laughs) for a lot of reasons. But how far are you willing to go to help a stranger? I'll never, I'll, you heard me tell this story a few months ago, a few weeks ago, but I'm, I'm always grateful for that Baptist pastor who's, 
who just so happened to take the church van uh, down I-44 to go make hospital visits uh, in Oklahoma City, uh, who saw a church van on the side of the road broken down because the transmission had failed and picked up the seven United Methodist students who were whose spring break trip was ruined because of a burned out transmission. I'll always be grateful for that man. Well, for, for uh, people who have uh, cared for me, and I didn't even know them. And I say that because one of the things that I was thinking about this week, and, and some of you know the, the kind of the chaos that I had dealt with uh, this week with, with my father's health, it, it jumped me back to a moment in time when um, I was about Laura's age, and uh, my mom had developed uh, severe ovarian cancer. And my dad's health was Ed just had he was just recovering from his heart attack. So like literally, it was me as a sophomore and my two young siblings in the house. And I'll never forget how the college rallied around uh, our family and cared for us by providing. I'll ever always be grateful for that. And those are those things that we can do. Those are those things we can do to help a stranger. Some of those people I didn't know, and some of them were like family grow up on a junior college campus, some of those people do become family, but some of them I didn't know. But yet they were willing to help. And, and think about how not only are you willing, what are your boundaries, but are, what, um, what drives you, what gives you joy, and how can you bring people along with you on that? And think of last night and how much fun we had. You know, we had, there's a couple innings there where we were under the eaves and not getting to watch the game. We knew it was happening, but you know, you didn't want to go step out and get potentially hit by lightning, so we were underneath there. I had more fun in that moment than I did those last few innings. And granted, the Rockies were winning, so it was kind of, it was kind of almost a, a weird thing in its own right. But yet, um, but you know, those things that we do, how we care for one another, the, the, the attention we're willing to give to the stranger or even to our neighbor or to our friends or our family, that stuff matters because that, that's us giving ourselves to them in a generous way that can change the world. And, and when we offer that radical hospitality, it's, it's not something that we just do because we should. It's something we do because it know, we know that when we do it, it's going to stretch us. It's going to push us. It's going to challenge us. It's going to pull us out of, it's going to pull us to, to do harder work because we, we generally care for people. And I forget when I was uh, serving the first church I served in, we had we did this big mission trip every year, spring break. But it was in a town of seven churches. And one of the things that we did was we had no stipulations on the trip. Anybody could come. And I never forget when I had several people in the community in our in our church, the two churches I served, a little bit upset that I was willing to take youth who would never darken the doors of our service on Sunday morning. And my response was, what would Jesus do? You have, you have kids that are willing to sacrifice their spring break to go and work their tails off for five days. Wouldn't you want to take them, regardless of what church they go to on Sunday morning, even if they don't go to church? And I forget the look on their, the, the person's face of just disbelief that I would think that way. <laughs> And I forget that it's the hospitality that we're called to share. Because you ever notice when Jesus invites you in, there's no rules or regulations. There's no doctrines to agree upon. There's no uh, political, idealistic ways of, of agreeing to it. It's just come and follow me. 
And the moment we do that, it changes us, it shapes us. It pulls us out into the world. Bishop Sneezy says that churches aspiring to radical hospitality must regularly ask, how are we doing at inviting guests and teaching people to invite others? This is something I've wanted us to work on because I know we need to do a better job of that. Because most churches do. I don't know of a church that doesn't need to do that better. And so I ask you this question now. When was the last time you invited someone to church? Statistically, it's about one every 35 years. We can do better. But we have to take little steps. Those little steps can be as simple as just saying, hey, we're going to the baseball game. Why don't you come Hey, we're doing this mission project. Why don't you come with me? doing Sunday morning. I'll come and pick you up. I'll promise you a donut and a coffee, and you can come and hang out with me during worship. Those things make a difference, and, and, and I'm living proof of that. Because if the preacher's daughter would have never said yes picking me up every Sunday morning, I would have never darkened the doors of a church. And then one of the great things, and this is something we have to do well, we have to provide food. Like, I'm serious. Like, how do we get people to come to church? We've got to have food. And, 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 and and good snacks at that, because I remember I remember as a 17-year-old boy first starting to come to church, the one thing I loved every Sunday morning, well, every third Sunday morning when this leader was leading was I was going to get zebra cakes. I'm, a, I'm a, like, I can never turn down a zebra cake, still to this day. I probably should today, but, like, I still can. But it was zebra cakes that brought me to Christ. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't fancy preaching. It wasn't amazing music. It wasn't awesome liturgy. It wasn't anything that the church did. It was the relationships that I built and the food that I got. Zebra cakes. Why can't we do that? Why are we trying to make the process hard? Why can't we be our loving and caring selves that is welcoming, inviting, and caring for the stranger who walks through the door? Because we never know who the stranger may, may be Jesus. Wanting to see how we share radical hospitality. Shannon Martin, in her book, Start with Hello, Simple Ways to Live as Neighbors, wrote, There's no relationship or friendship or bonus partnership that doesn't start somewhere thimble size. A hello, a shared laugh, a quick helping hand, viewed through the lens of enduring friendships. These aren't throwaway pleasantries, they're seeds. So those small invitations, those small greetings that we make to someone we don't know are seeds that we're called to build. And when we do it and we, we, we work on it and we continually to, to plant those seeds and, 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 and continually to be inviting, we won't be empty anymore. But the task, the goal, the challenge for us this week is to feed and to love without any question or doubt. Because when we do those things, we'll find our reward in heaven. I believe that. But the work, the challenge, the goal for us this week is really simple. Love. And share your faith 
Now, you don't have to have a whole testimony or, a, uh, you know, you don't have to have a 12-point thought on faith. <laughs> and just say, hey, I like Jesus. This is why I like Jesus. Why don't you come figure this out with us together? And you'd be surprised who may come with you. And I like that challenge. And, and what's really even crazy, you don't even have to really say Jesus. Just say, hey, I'm going to this thing. Why don't you come with me? I'll pick you up. I don't necessarily like the words using you've been drugged to church. <laughs> but sometimes you have to drag people to church. <laughs> but if we do it in love, we'll be all right. So go. Share the good news that, one, Christ cares and loves us. I'm, to me, that's the biggest thing. <laughs> and then the other thing, the challenge that you really have is to show that love and light to the world. Not just to your small little corner. Not just to your text group friends or your Facebook friends, but to everyone you meet. Because you never know the seed you may sow. You never know the life you may change by just a simple hello or a simple how are you doing. And that is a steep challenge. But I believe with Christ, we can face that challenge. Let us pray. Lord, we know that the attention we give to the world is really an act of generosity. So Lord, help us be generous with our time and help us be generous with ourselves and share ourselves with the world in such a way that people will know that we love you through our love and the love that we share. And Lord, as, as we go about our week, may we be reminded in every step and every breath that we take that you are with us. In your name we pray. Amen.